Hey there, Danny with Right Foot Down. I messed up this ad read so many times because I really wanted to tell you about Track Monkey Apparel. They make great quality, enthusiast shirts along with hats, stickers, watches, patches, you name it. A couple of my personal favorites are their Life is Better at the Track Tee and their One Track Mind Tee. You should really check them out and see for yourself. Their products are great for you or the gearhead in your life. Visit trackmonkeyapparel.com. You're listening to the Untitled Car Show in partnership with RightFootDown.com. Visit RightFootDown for your daily automotive fix. If you enjoyed today's program, please tell a friend. It's the best way to support this show. If you want to visit the archives, go to YouTube and search for Untitled Car Show. That'll bring you to the archived episodes. If you want to follow this show, just search for Untitled Car Show on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram. You can always send an email to the show at untitledcarshow at rightfootdown.com. We're so glad you decided to spend the next hour or so with us. Without further ado, let's get into today's program. Hello and welcome to the Untitled Car Show. I am your host, Ike, and we have the West Coast correspondent, Ryan, here with us this evening. Hi, Ryan. <laughs> so we were talking about um, random weird shit in California before the show, and we we got to a thing. So um, we got onto the topic of ARs because that's how you, it happens. So um, I know we probably don't have a whole bunch of gun nuts here in the show, but um, we might. We might. It's a hobby that your wife is probably fond of, and it, yeah. I think it relates in terms of. Like I like I like to think of sports that you can't conquer. So like golf, for example. Nobody that we know is ever gonna be a professional golfer or capable of having a perfect golfing outing. Yeah. And I think that's the same for racing slash time trialing. Like you can shoot thirty baskets in a row or sixty baskets in a row. You can like set a goal for that. You can't set a goal for um golfing because you'll never get a hole in one <laughs> on every single hole you go to like impossible you can't do it i think shooting and driving are the same way so i think there's going to be a lot of overlap Mm -hmm. and and there's a appreciation of the mechanical like i'm not a huge gun nut but i really do like you know the history and all that that's associated with those weapons but um part of what california's doing right now is they got this gun law which on is it (laughs) there's only one well, I mean, in particular, so they tried to crack down on the, quote, assault rifle type weapons by making them have a fixed magazine. Now, you can either t- – there's two solutions to this. And if you owned an AR prior to – I think it was sometime in November or December of last year, as long as you registered your weapon with the authorities, like that you owned it, you could keep it the way it was, the way it's always been. And the way it's always been in California is you can't have a detachable mag. You have to have a tool-operated mechanism or two-stage way to release the magazine. And the way you got around it in California for a really long time is, do you know where the mag release is on an AR, Ike? Yeah, it's um, on, well, it depends, but it's like ambidextrous. It's up near the clip. So like yeah, it's it's up by the clip. Yeah, if you're mm-hmm. if you're shooting a right-handed one, it's like up by the clip. There's a little knob. Yeah. Now think about like the reset button on a remote. Yeah. How you have to get like a safety pin in there to like push the reset button. Oh okay. It's designed similar to that. It's called a bullet button, and you're supposed to be able to trigger the um, clip with an Allen key. Yeah. So that or was some other tool. Yeah, just make it a little bit of a pain in the butt to put a new clip in. Yeah. And what people ended up doing is they would get metal, like, magnetic pieces to set on the outside of the bullet button, which (laughs) it was still technically a removable tool. It happened to have a magnet on it, and it pretty much got around that almost immediately. And all of that said, if you have an AR, and you're familiar with the AR, they're all pretty modular, and it's totally legal for me to order a push-button release in the state of California. I can order one, I just can't mount it to the gun. Wink. <laughs> so, 
Yeah. If you really wanted to, you even last year, you could have a button release mag. It wouldn't be illegal if you were at the shooting range and the sheriff saw you, you'd get the gun taken. But you could do that. Now, even the bullet button, which is what it was called, because you could also trigger it with the end of a 5.62 round, um, the bullet button wasn't legal, and now you either have to pull the charging handle or breech or whatever the fuck they call it, I don't... Yeah. The pull, whatever, you have to pull that back and then press the button and break the barrel off of the lower receiver and then it releases the bag. Mm-hmm. So you can either do it that way, which is a pain in the ass, or you have to buy a special hand grip that's pretty much one big fat piece of plastic that makes it, quote, not a pistol grip <laughs> so that you grip it more similar to a regular rifle as opposed to an AR which has a pistol grip. So as long as it doesn't have the grip or you have the convoluted as hell mag release, legal now but if you owned a regular one before that the bullet button is still legal that there was actually i saw another system um which i don't know how familiar are you with the like world war one and like early like gun development i guess world war two with vaguely the, so like you, you remember like the i think what most people would be familiar with is the uh you know m1 carbine or not the carbine the oh, m1 right, grand you take yeah. the bullets and they come in what's called a stripper clip and you push them down through. There, I, right. I forget the name of the company. I was just watching it. And like, it was the day after uh, the like California ban went into effect. And I was watching uh-huh. a YouTube series called uh, uh, Forgotten Weapons. And a lot of times they give you all the weird random stuff. So it's like, in California, this went into effect yesterday. Today, we got a way to get around it. And it's basically, it turns a... Uh, it makes stripper clips for uh, M4s, ARs, and all that stuff. So then you just put it into the ejection port and then strip down into it, and then you have a full mag, and it probably takes less time to do that than it actually takes to reload an actual magazine. So I was like, all right. yeah, it's like that's that's about what I expect from these people. You know, like as soon as there's a problem, they find a workaround to it. And that, right. And, you know, uh, someone made a comment of, like, last week's episode with uh, Dave was very much like the Untitled Coffee Show. And somehow Mm -hmm. we're getting to the Untitled Gun Show today. But I'm curious. So California, super strict on guns, super strict on cars. And hopefully this doesn't proceed the way, you know, where it spreads out throughout the rest of the country on either of those regards. Um, But it's one of those things of, you know, when you're trying to outlaw something from a group of people who are by the very nature of their hobby, mechanically minded, and you have no idea how to stop them from doing what they're doing, you kind of are like at the jump, like playing behind, like no matter, no matter what you do and tell a gun, nut, Hey, listen, you can't do X, Y, or Z. They're going to find a way to get around it. That's just how they are. Right. And I do think that's very much the same way for the true automotive enthusiasts. Like you tell, you know, you or I, like, hey, you can't, like, all the cars have to have a catalytic converter on them, and that's going to suck 50% of your horsepower out. Well, you and I might find a way to get around that by, you know, making that catalytic converter only suck 25% of your horsepower out, only 10% out. Or right. Yeah, and it's, like, I'm curious, like, do you think, like, you're in the vanguard of, I'm not going to call them stupid laws, but I can't think of another way to call it. <laughs> I, I mean, like you can't bring your dog to a beach in California, and that just blows my mind. That's not true. Uh, L.A. I, I, I'm, certain, it might be an L.A. thing. It might be certain beaches you can bring your dog. Yeah. That's all I'm saying. People, it's and it's not one of those like, oh, well, it's illegal, but people do it. Nobody ever gets like it's not illegal. Mm-hmm. There's rules about. There's certain beaches where, like, they'll have a sign up and it says. You know, this is a beach where your dog can roam free. Don't worry about it. As long as you have eyesight control of the dog, which means as long as you can see the dog and you can shout and it will do what you tell it to, then you can let the dog off the leash if you want. You have to pick up after it, obviously, and, you know, all that stuff. But, no, you can bring dogs to me <laughs> as far as I'm aware. Uh, There's signs be, about how to do it. Must be an L.A. Oh, thing. The then. L.A. thing. Yeah. yeah. So, by the way, like, there, there's... LA is one of the more restrictive states. Let, let's put it that way. So, yeah. 
And because of that, I could see them being one of the first states to, and they do it partially because they're the most populous state and they can make real changes to, you know, the way the rest of the country owns and operates cars simply because right. you're going to make a car compliant for the U.S., not just for California. So right. I'm curious, you know, these gun nuts who go out and they find ways around the laws when it comes to stripper clips and like magazines and all that stuff when and if it comes down because i can see this being instituted in california first of no more people allowed to drive do you think that there's going to be a group of fanatics who sit around and find a way to get manual control of their car so i don't think that that's going to be a near-term possibility like, we're looking at maybe a hundred years out, but it's definitely not going to happen in our lifetime. And the reason I have faith in that, and if you're a Northern California listener, you're going to hate me right now. The governor of California is not the awful person they make people, or people make him out to be. There was a law that the uh, assembly proposed that was you had to have a background check every time you purchased ammunition. <laughs> yeah, that. That would happen. So, and yeah. well, that hit the governor's desk. And the governor, in a democratic state, law proposed, assembly, mostly, mm -hmm. and a democratic governor, and he said, you know what, that's ridiculous. That puts an unnecessary burden on law-abiding citizens. That's insane. I'm going to veto that. There's no way that's going to pass. I'm not doing it. And there's two or three other gun laws that were, they hit his desk, and, you know, he approved some of the more silly ones that I'm not a fan of. But at the same time, the ones that were really outrageous said, you know, that's not that's not helping anybody. That's not going to fix anything. That's people who know what they're doing. That's punishing them, and that's not what we're about. Mm -hmm. We're about trying to make places safer. Yeah. So I don't think it's going to be good PR for the person who decides to ban cars. And frankly, all of those assembly men, et cetera, have too nice of cars that currently aren't autonomous mm -hmm. um, to make that kind of thing important. And you also have the lobbying aspect. There's no way the fuel lobby or the car lobby is ever going to let that thing. So, no. And if you don't think SEMA has a grasp on the state of California when they require that you have to have a CARB-approved sticker put in a modification on your car, and you have to modify, like, first, and if you're not from California, this won't be apparent, you can't add a different intake to your Mustang. Now, you can send your Mustang to the smog shop, and they put the little thing in the tailpipe, and it blows just fine. But if they open the hood of your vehicle and they see a non-stock airbox, they immediately fail your smog inspection. doesn't matter what score it got. If your aftermarket airbox has a card sticker, which means it's been inspected, quote-unquote, by the state and approved for legal highway use, which also, by the way, happens to be like a $45,000 process per model. So if I want to make one for the 2015 Mustang V8, 45 grand. If I want to make one for the 2016 Mustang V8, 45 grand. V6, 45 grand. V6, another year, 45 grand. That, it's weird that the Special Equipment Manufacturers Association, huh, they support some of the CARB laws and it means that all the people who pay into SEMA are the only ones that can afford to create car legal parts. Huh. Weird. Weird how that works. Yeah. It's, um... So, no, I don't think that's possible. Well, I'd say if it were a possibility, I do think it would start in California. And I, I do think... Uh, I think so, too. Yeah. Perhaps. Mm -hmm. Maybe, maybe Oregon... Maybe I could see even Colorado. I could see it being like, you know what? This is what we're going to do. We'll make driving illegal out here. But I, I think no matter where it happens, wherever it's coming from, I do think it's going to be one of those things where you'll see some crazy dude find a workaround to it. Like, you know, you can't buy a new car that allows you to drive itself. And some guy finds a way to rig up a Logitech joystick to it. Or some random other BS, you know, just to have right. physical control of it. Because I think that's always going to be, you know, one of the one of the things I love about people is that there's 
there's always that like one you know as as ridiculous as they are i kind of enjoy the fact that there's flat earth people out here because no matter how much evidence to the contrary there is someone's gonna believe well the earth's flat like you know that, that's just how it is i can see out and it's just right. fucking flat there's always that guy like there you know the crazy crackpot people planning for doomsday like well you know i don't want when all the cars take over for them to drive me into a lake and lock me inside the car you know there's going to be a couple of those guys but then i do think there's going to be just pure enthusiasts who enjoy the act of driving who just want to control and <laughs> control and work on their own vehicle uh yeah i have bit of a brain freeze there so uh, back to it so I don't know I think we're always going to have people who want <laughs> want control of uh, their car for one reason or another maybe paranoid maybe not I mean I don't ever see a day where you know much to maybe uh, Alyssa Walker's uh, you know dismay where we'll ever get it to where no one's going to be driving their own vehicle on the road so. can, I, can I just say and I was only a listener when I heard the Alyssa Walker interview. I wasn't actually on the show yet. Um, mm -hmm. I really want to address some things she said. Something along the lines of, I believe her comment was, oh, well, if cars banned, you can just take them to tracks like people do with horses. Yeah, which... Do you remember her making that comment? I do, and that's a lot of people's Riding argument. Horse on the road is perfectly legal. You can totally do that. That is 100% legal. You can't have it on the freeway. Mm -hmm. You can do it on the road. And the other half of that is, sure, you can go do that if you're rich and bougie, like half the people are who do the horse thing. But, you know, screw everybody else, right? <laughs> that, that kind of just, like, self-righteous, oh, well, they can just go to, like, you don't know the law, for one, and two, great, now only rich people can access that. Thanks. Appreciate mm -hmm. it. That it pissed me off about that interview. Yeah. Otherwise, she seemed very level-headed, but there was a lot of things about what she said that I was not a fan of because she didn't sound like she had any idea what the hell she was talking about. It is. <laughs> no, I, I'm, I'm not saying I disagree with you. I'm not saying I agree with you. I do think there's the, because, uh, you know, you try and get people on and you try and be happy and, you know, kind of nice to them, especially when they disagree with you, which is why I'll never right. be on mainstream media because I'm too eager to go, well, I understand your point. Well, I may not agree with it. We'll continue this interview. Um, it's one of those things where cause that's, that's how life works. But I do agree that I don't think you're going to see, because first of all, uh, golf takes up way too much room, so we're never going to get tracks all over the place. As long as there's old rich dudes who want to golf, we're never going to have tracks everywhere. Um, second of all, I mean, it's just the case. Um, I do agree. I don't like the idea of, like, sectioning off that level of enjoyment to just people who have money. Because, yeah, cars, you can argue cars are an expensive person's hobby, but I was into cars when I didn't have a lot of money. You were into cars when you didn't have a lot of money. Most people get into this hobby by having to make do with whatever they had or making something crappy into something good, like from age 16 to 50, basically, before you can just spend willy-nilly on your car because your 401k or whatever the hell p fancy rich people have. Is it 401ks? Right. Yeah, they, they start cashing them out or whatever. Like, my investment's in Apple stock. Um, so I, do, I don't like the idea that you try and cut people off from the hobby. And it is true, and there are people who still take horses to and from places. I mean, spend any time up in Pennsylvania. You'll see horse-drawn carriages, all sorts of stuff. And sometimes it's Amish and sometimes it's not. It's just that's how life is up there because you're not going too far right. and a horse works just as good and it's cheaper to feed a horse than $5 worth of gas. So uh, I don't know. It, as long as you don't Miles. love the horse. Yeah, as long as you don't love the horse, it's fine. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, yeah. all right. Yeah, and there there is the argument too of I think Jay Leno made it that the you know the automobile freed up the horse from its life of servitude, but 
you know, so like you never had, you didn't have a workhorse. Now every horse out there on the road was, you know, could be loved and cared for because the people who had horses wanted to have horses. But on the flip side of that, you don't see horses anymore and it has become kind of an obscure hobby for people to have. And the difference too is when you had a workhorse, you would literally work it to death. Whereas I really like honest cars like a Yugo, for example. A Yugo would never be loved and cared for or even made if this hobby was just for, or if this thing was just ever a hobby. A Yugo would never be made. Like, you won't ever see that sort of, like, level of, like, well, this is a car, and this is what a car needs to be at the bare minimum to be a vehicle. And right. you lose something. You lose the honesty and the integrity of this hobby if you start stripping away those vehicles from it. And I think we would lose something if we weren't allowed to drive from place to place. So, Yeah, I, I think that's fair. To your Yugo point, um, I am a little uh, – the Yugos are cool car hipster uh, thing is getting tired. <laughs> I, I was just trying like, to – I think it, it's like anything that's cool, it's like crappy, 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 crappy. And, like, we've entered the, like, oh, Yugos are cool phase. I think it's starting to go away. At least, God, I hope it is. Because, you know, these people that, like, 15 years ago, if you reviewed a Yugo, all the car reviewers would be like, this is an ugly pile of crap. It's slow and it handles well. It handles like crap and everything's awful. But now, when anybody reviews a Yugo, it's like, oh, my God, it's the greatest thing ever. <laughs> this is great. Why don't we make cars like Like, there's a we didn't make cars like this, jackass. Yeah. No one bought them because they were shit. Mm-hmm. I'm just, again, I figure you're a really nice person. I, um, I'm going to have bold opinions. <laughs> I'm going to be the Ian, if you will. Yes. And I'm going to like put stuff out there that, like, this is dumb. Stop thinking Yugos are cool. They're not cool. The Ford Festiva, not cool. Geo Metro, not cool. Don't, don't even try to pretend like, oh, but act. No, it's not. It's really not. Stop. 30 years from now, my child's going to be like, oh, I'm really trying to find a Fiat 500L. Yeah. No. Yeah. No. It... You're not going to be trying to find a Fiat 500L. No. One, they'll have all been destroyed by then. But no. <laughs> well, I, I do think we, we've entered this weird point in automobile hobbyist where everyone who's like, uh, and again, we had the weird Skype conversation where we're trying to decide what the hell young people do and what old people do. And, right. um, you know, everyone probably over the age of, I'm going to go with just 45, is super into high-end luxury cars. Like, not like, oh, like Rolls Royces, but like BMWs and Porsches and all that stuff. And they want the best and, you know, the fastest and all that stuff. And it seems like, everyone under 35 is really into like if you're a car enthusiast you're like i like miatas and i like old yugos and i like volvos and like there's this love of like kind of the weird and kitschy i mean the pontiac aztec is starting to come around and even i find my i find myself being like i know that's a terrible car but i can't help but kind of like it like and i wonder if part of the issue is now, this is weird because you're younger than I am by almost a decade, and you don't like these cars. So maybe we're con- – I, I am counter car culture, which you, I think is a in and of itself a hipstery thing to say, and that kind of personally sits not well with me. <laughs> but go take a look at, like, any opposite lock page where we're – la, 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 Miata, la, 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 Aztec, la, 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 Ether. Dude, there's a gazillion other cars out there. You don't just have to keep. I think the the under twenty five car culture is so intermeshed with each other. Like these people read Jalopnik, or our commenters on the drive, or are on Facebook groups that are car themed, and yeah. they all just circle jerk and read each other's material, and there's no new outside anything. And so we ended up with this. Oh, you have a Mustang? <laughs> Don't hit a bunch of people. <laughs> like that was funny for like a week and a half. Yeah, I, I get what you're oh, saying. Oh, you have a Subaru WRX? I bet you vape. 
it's not it's so these like car culture memes stick around way too long oh no i doles down the entire experience makes me very grumpy and very angry no i agree with you on that we need to like part of what makes the car culture fun is a bit of that stereotyping because when you show up to the meet you can all tease on each other but we need new material every meet and when there's a cars and coffee yeah. every weekend, we need to start like picking up our meme game here, guys. We need to start. Right. Yeah. Like, I I don't know. Like, we maybe we got to enlist some old timers and start getting some old time, like info going on here. Like, old timer, hey. what do you think of this Aztec? Like, oh, that Aztec's a piece of crap. It's got a cooler. Who gives a shit? It's got a cooler. What are you gay? Like that sort of thing. Like, <laughs> <laughs> that's what we need. We need that in our like you know, our day-to-day lives. It's a little bit, you know, we need a little bit of, uh, I think you're right, because we, we've gone a little too long where we're, I don't want to say we're too accepting of car cultures and, like, all the weird crappy stuff, but we need, we need some old-time anger built back into it, like, just for no good reason angry at uh, <laughs> crappy cars. Like, that thing's a piece of shit, and you should be ashamed of yourself. Like, we need some of that. Just to reinvigorate back into the car culture, because we've gone—I'm not gonna say we've gone soft, but we we've gone a bit soft. Like we were, we're. I think the other problem is we don't speak to the entirety of car culture, mm. and by that I mean we're talking to the and like pretty much I just insulted our entire listener base. Oh yeah. Uh-huh. Um, but we're <laughs> only talking to that. I don't know twenty percent of car culture people who are like grew up watching Top Gear and like track cars and like autocross and think the autos are cool who read Jalopnik. There's, I would say that's only 20% of the enthusiast market and there's a whole 80% of like off-road and truck people uh, muscle car people there's hot rodder people and there's not enough overlapping I guess is that it's very segmented, and that's why there's not new stuff coming around as frequently as, you know, there might be. Uh, that's a good point. We, we need to – so several things to unpack there. So first of all, I do think the Top Gear analogy made me think, okay, so to your car meme aspect, like they had a new car every week, and they wouldn't repeat the same jokes over and over again because if they did, no one would be watching. But Right. Also, we do need to start, like, you know, the Cars and Coffee is great because it kind of forces different car cultures to kind of meet and mesh. But I do think there's this, like, disconnect where, like, when I show up, the Lamborghini guys aren't going to talk to me because I showed up in a Ford Fiesta ST. And, you know, the Mustang guys, they don't like the hot hatch people. And, like, they don't talk to the Camaro people. Like, we need to, you know what we need? We need, like, um, uh, some sort of, like, you know when they desegregated schools? Like, where they, like, force people to, like, go to different schools and all that stuff. We we need some of that in the automotive world. We need to be, like, listen, Lamborghini guy, you got to hang out with the Ford Festiva guy. Like, that's just what's going to happen here. And we'll throw in a Camaro guy and a Mustang guy. And you all, all four of you got to get along and play nice with each other. And then maybe after, like, a week, we'll just rotate it all around again. Like, just. I think part of the reason it doesn't do that more than it would naturally yeah is by nature cars are very specific so i was thinking while you were talking about that i was listening but i'm also you know trying to form a thought something useful to say yeah we should just start having miata people go to the drag strip and hang out with all the old guys and their chop 55 bel air and then invite those people to come autocross and like i thought about that for about half a second that's not going to be useful for anyone because the Miata guys are going to be miserable at the drag strip. They're like, why am I, I have nothing to prove. That's not what I built this car for. This car goes around cones really fucking fast. And the guy with the uh, 55 Bel Air is like, I'm running pizza cutters up front, guys. I'm not going to get turned in. Yeah. I'm not going to get this turned around a hairpin and then swallow it. The tires are going to come off. I have too much power. I'm just going to be lugging it in first, having to dip the clutch back in all the time. It's just going to be miserable for them. And then the same thing with, like, your typical 370Z track day bro isn't going to do well at either of those either. Your drifter guy isn't going to go to the drag strip. That's not going to be the 
fun. Your rally car guy isn't going to go to the track. That's not going to be any fun. It's, they're too specialized. Whereas if I get a... I think most hobbies are specialized, but the barrier of entry to change your mind in cars is a lot higher than it is in bikes. And again, we'll come back to friend of the show, Dave. He's a bike guy, and he owns several bicycles. You know why? Because you can buy a bicycle for like 600 bucks. So, like, I have a road bike and a commuter bike. I can use my commuter bike for cyclocross if I want, which means I can do a little bit of dirt. And I can, and I have a road bike. I can go road biking. Now, am I better at road biking than I am cyclocross? Absolutely. And thus, I have a more expensive road bike than I have a cyclocross bike. But if I wanted to get into mountain biking, it would be like a $400 investment. I could go do that, too. If you buy a Miata... And you decide, oh, I think I want to start hanging out with, and I want to give a shot at this drag racing thing. You're either going to have to drop 5K on your motor to make it even remotely worthwhile taking a drag trip, or you have to buy a completely separate car and start from ground zero. And so you're looking at an entry level to the other era or the other section of it, like five or 10 grand. Mm-hmm. And you can't just keep, you know, it'd be nice to have the money to be able to do all that, but you can't keep doing it. I have. What I think is the cheapest roll cage track car in the country. I own it. It doesn't even run. And, like, if I decided I wanted to go drag racing, it'd be fucking useless. Completely useless. Mm-hmm. Am I going to find a $500 drag car somewhere? No, I'm not. It's not going to happen. So, I mean, I really don't. I think we should have more crossover, but because there's the reason there's no crossover is the barrier to entry into the other section of the sport, if you will, is too high. Yeah, you want to go cross-country skiing instead of downhill skiing? Great. Rent a set of skis for like 200 bucks and go cross-country. You want to do a different kind of biking? Boom, do it. You want to go sailing a little bit different? You want to sail on a lake instead of a, on the ocean? You go rent a sailboat. Not bad. You're not just going to rent a car to go to the track. And if you want to, it's a lot of money. Yeah. Well, 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 that's a good point. I think what we should do, I just think it would make sense if we did like a, you know, as an automobile enthusiast, we just do like once a year, we do, we pick like a random event. So let's say 2018 is the year of drag racing. So in June, we're going to have, you know, uh, like, tracks all across the country on like a particular weekend or whatever where you can drive up and you can get into a car with someone else who's going to go ripping down the quarter mile like you know just so you can experience why they like this maybe not something where you're going to get into it and love it because it it is such like you said such a barrier to entry and then the next year we could have like drifting like we're going to all the drag or drift strips or whatever the hell you call them. You'd show up, get in, drift strips. I'm going to call them drift strips from now on. You have drag strips and drift strips. So you'd show up at the drift strip and you hop in the car and you get taken around the corner. And, like, you know, it wouldn't be as fun with you not driving it, but at least it would be a lot easier to communicate to the other. Because right now, you know, we are these little isolated pockets all over with our different hobbies that are all kind of under the right. same automotive enthusiast umbrella. And it would be, you know, it would be nice. I One of the things I kind of miss about the Challenger was every, every gas station I got harassed by people with stupid questions. But there was the occasional other guy who shows up with a muscle car or a Mustang or, you know, just something in that vein. And you right. get this like 10 or 15 minute conversation with them about, you know, oh, we got under the hood. What do you got under the hood? Blah, blah, blah. And I always felt like I walked away with some sort of new knowledge because I wasn't right. a big muscle car guy when I bought the Challenger. I kind of became one after I had it. So, right. you know, I, I just think we should all learn to speak the same, not maybe the same language, but we could all learn a little bit from each other. And I think it would also be awesome if once a year we just got an excuse to tell our wives and, you know, husbands and whoever, like, hey, um, I'm going to go out and I'm going to go meet up a skeeter at the tractor pull 
and he's going to take me down with in his truck with the sled behind it. I don't understand why I'm doing this. I just know I'm going to do it. So, like, because I don't get tractor pulling, and I want to understand. So. <laughs> yeah, I, I would like to also. Yeah. And it's, yeah, it's that kind of thing. I think that's a good idea. Or even, like, an exchange service. Ooh. Like, I'll give you, you know, a night at the drag strip in my Mustang if you'll let me autocross your 350Z next weekend. Mm-hmm. And, of course, I'm sure you'd have to work out insurance and liability and all that, and that would be why you couldn't do it. But, you yeah. know, or just some kind of something, you know, to get people involved in the other part of the sport to at least understand it. Mm-hmm. Maybe not get them to go do it all the time. But, you know. Yeah. Well, we, we kind of talked about it briefly. Um, I don't know if we've talked about it on the show. You bought the cheapest caged car in America? Possibly I the world? I think so. Yeah. I, I believe so. The cheapest car, and like you have to put a caveat, because I'm sure somewhere somebody has a $500 shell with cage in it with nothing else attached. And like, yeah. probably. I found a 1987 Toyota MR2 Lemons car with you broke but up there for just a second. This brand new. Yeah. Sorry. You broke up there for just a second. I, th- I think it was maybe something on my end. I touched something. Oh. It, what was on the? You said it was a. It was an eighty-seven uh, MR two with what? The guy thought it was the head gasket. He did a leak down test after we bought it, of course. It was $500. It was about the guy's fault about it. Um, you know, and we think the valve tray needs to be replaced, but he has receipts showing that they had already redone the entire bottom end and it's poured out. So that part should be fine. Just as soon as we get the head issue worked out, it's got a seat, it's got a harness, it's got a roll cage, it's got track wheels and tires, it's got decent brake pads. And came with a bunch of nice brake fluid. So, you know, for $500, I thought it was a pretty good haul. But my friend, who's the mechanic, is perpetually telling me that we spent too much money on this motherfucking car. <laughs> and I'm an idiot and all this crap. So, I think mechanics know. are supposed to tell you that, though, until the job gets done, because that's how they get paid. Right. Like, that's just their habit. Right. Oh, like, he's not being paid, is the thing. So yeah. That's why he gets to do it. Well, force of habit like oh this thing's terrible you're gonna need a new bottom end blah 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 like oh, i'm not gonna right. pay that's right you paid too much money for this it should have gone to me yeah uh yeah yeah exactly but yeah. you know it's i think honestly probably the cheapest car of its kind available mm-hmm. that yeah. was pre-caged and pre-seated and pre-harnessed so you know the barrier to entry to lemons is pretty high you're looking at uh, sixteen hundred dollars in entry fees at a minimum. Yeah, it's like six hundred or so dollars per like. It's some ridiculous number per driver, and you have to have four drivers, plus like seven seventy five registration. So mm-hmm. each race is like sixteen hundred bucks. Is what it worked out to be for four people, and fuel and tires, and now you have to have a Hans device. Those are easy four hundred bucks a piece. And racing suits two hundred, and socks are fifty, and shoes are a hundred, and gloves are a hundred, and helmet, and like by the time you add up the money, it's still really expensive. But oh, yeah. I have spent almost nothing on the car part, mm-hmm. so. which is the least important part, really, you know, in terms of right. racing. And like, <laughs> you know, I I understand though. Well, how much is your life worth? I'm like, well. No, um, I don't anticipate getting in a wreck bad enough to need a Hans device. Um, so th- that's a little bit sucky that that's the rule now and you can't just use the neck roll yeah. um, foam thing. But you know, I'm sure it is safer, but at the same time, that really makes it more difficult for people who are marginal like myself to do it. So this MR2 is going to be a autocross slash track day car until such a time that I have all of the equipment that I need. And then I will probably enter into Lemon's race. Or even get it prepared and then lease it out to people to do for like racing. It's actually not a bad way to uh, make money. So is it road legal then? Can you drive this thing on the streets? No, no, it's not. Um, all of the smog equipment is there, and there's no California state inspection. But the team who originally owned it, 
blew the head somehow. I never got the answer to how, but like they had like a top three finish a couple times. They owned it for like four or five years. Sold it to this guy in the Bay Area, and then he kept it for like a month or two. Blew the head again after putting all this money into it because we think he put it back together wrong and just wanted to be rid of it. And so then he sold it to us for $500. But the title was never transferred from the original owners. Hmm. It was simply non-op. So in order to actually make it street legal, it would involve a lot of um, paperwork fiasco, including paying a bunch of... Because they non-opt it, but in California, to non-opt it, there's like every three years you have to pay a fee hmm. to have it non-opt. It's like $25 or whatever, but... Uh, so there's going to be probably $200 worth of back fees and the headache of explaining that we didn't steal it and all. And so we just, we have a bill of sale and uh, it's not going to be a street lease. No. Yeah, I got that. <laughs> I get that. Yeah. So, I mean, you have the ability to truck it where it needs to go and that's really all that matters. So, right. And it's nice knowing that you can take it out on the track and even if it blows up, you can get back, even if it's an autocross track. So, right. There, there is a benefit there. Um, I get that. I, I, I very the cool excited. Part, yeah. Hmm. The cool part about that particular car is the five SFE, which is the very engine in my Camry, and it was the engine of the Camry for like ten years. You can find at a junkyard for around four hundred dollars. Right. Oh, that's so, pretty badass. Uh, horrendously expensive, and uh, um, pretty much easy to work on and find a replacement one and it bolts straight up hmm. you reminded me I gotta go check something so I was doing my research on the Nissan how to get the Nissan transmission to made up to the Audi motor um, and I was looking like well I need a bell housing adapter blah 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 um, Right. doing a bit of research the Volvo uh, bell housing I have for my automatic transmission should actually adapt the Nissan Trans to the Audi motor, of all things. Wow. Because the Audi motor was built, um, at the same time they built motors to put into Volvos, like they put the diesels into the Volvos back in the early 80s, oh. or late 80s, okay. early 90s, and the Tremec transmission is uh, a pretty universal design. So I got to double right. check on that. So we should see, but it's got a very similar bolt pattern on both ends. So I got to double check it, but I'm very excited for what may possibly be gone from a giant headache of mine to like, oh, this, I can actually use a factory part. So should be interesting. That would be good. Yeah, it would be nice. They may have to work hmm. out some kind of midway um, sort of joint test slash competition when both of our cars are finished. Yes. Well, I think we need Just to get... Logistically, that seems like it would cause a problem. Mm-hmm. Well, we would need where, to get... Where would be dead in the middle on that? Um, where, where's the middle of America? Somewhere in Colorado, probably? Like, I, uh, it's like Iowa. Yeah. But I was, I was only like, what? But I think there's no tracks that like it. Would it be like um, Road America, maybe? In Wisconsin? Yeah, that's a little north from both of us, so that's not too bad. We would, that might be fun. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know if uh, my car would be allowed out there, but an autocross. Ooh, solo nationals. We could do solo nationals or something like that. That'd be fun. We could do solo nationals somewhere. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, we can make uh, Justin bring along his uh, Ute. So his Ute. Just yeah. You you come bring the Ute. Maybe Justin's Ute can tow your car. No. <laughs> that way, it'll actually make it there. That's a good point. Uh, Ooh, uh, see, do it, right? yeah. Check it out. Mm-hmm. We'll do a we'll do a review, and I will review. You'll review review trucks that transport the cars to and from car shows, <laughs> and I'll do like a ride <laughs> of what it's like to do a car transport back and forth, and then we'll get to do it for free. Oh, see, there we go. Hmm. It's... Who do we talk to about that? We should. We should work on that. That seems like it's totally doable, a hundred percent. Um. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. We'll, exactly. ask, we'll ask Will. He'll know who to call. Yeah. yeah. We can call 
Will. Yeah, he's always such a help all the time. Like, I need a car. It's like, we'll email them. <laughs> right, Danny? I mean, using math, like, let's say you take your car to Dominion or even VIR. VIR would be better. Mm-hmm. If you took your car to VIR and set a lap time, then I could take my car to, like, Sonoma, and we could figure out, like, a, I don't know, like, I'm guessing out R8 race cars have gone around both VIR and Actually, I know they have. Ah. And so we can just work out what percentage slower we are than the car we're comparing to and then give ourselves rough lap times at either track. Yeah, yeah. We have a direct comparison. We could, like, extrapolate. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you just, I think we'll have to do that. Yeah, that would be fun, actually. That's not a bad idea. Like, how sucky are at a track? Because I'm sure the same driver has gone around the same course, or the, both courses probably, too, in the same right. car. So same you, driver, same car, same Yeah, yeah. It'd have to be a track where that data is available. Yeah. That's not a bad idea. That, 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 what, that would be the best way to do it. You stumbled across something brilliant there, actually, sir. Um, and then you could extrapolate it even further, right? Yeah. How fast does an Audi R8 go around the Nürburgring, the Audi R8 race car? Yeah. And then percentage then we, we are, Nürburgring yeah. time for our race car. Yes. Uh, having to be out there. Mm-hmm. Although, my car may top out at some point on that big straight, so I'm not sure. Um, <laughs> oh, and you think the MR2 with all 100 horsepower won't? <laughs> also, touche. Um, <laughs> yeah, good point. Uh, come down to how much torque do you think you have? Because I bet I can brake later. Other than that, you would destroy me on any straight. Mm, yeah, but yeah, you destroy me on any straight up to 80, and then I have more arrow. Dark shape. MR2. Yeah. Driving a big box. That would be interesting to be on a track. I really want to get them on the same track. That would be fun. Yeah, that I'd, would I'd, be cool. See, this is why we need people to, when we put out merchandise and stuff, they need to go out and buy it so that we can fund this sort of stuff. So, right. And that's where I should have something to put up and say, now go buy this, but I don't have anything at the moment. So, um... <laughs> I'm telling you, dude, Untitled Car Show Lanyard and Keychain. I'd like Either. the keychain idea. I need to work that out. I, I don't know. Let's talk merch here since, since we're on the show and that's how this works. Um, Let's talk merch. Let's do it. Mm-hmm. So I like, because this will allow everyone listening to chime in too. So listeners, this is your invitation to chime in on the show. So I like I like the idea of the lanyard, the keychain, because everyone needs a lanyard or a keychain. Although I feel like at a certain point, you're just going to have so many, you'll just stop buying them. Like, no, 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 no. You just keep hanging them on a hook. You know how many lanyards I have from events that I've been to with press passes? Like a badge of honor, how many lanyards I have. Yeah. Yeah, but how many people... And you can frame them nicely with, like, photos that are relevant. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The lanyards are dope. Yeah. I, I'm oh. under 25. I won't be swayed that lanyards aren't awesome. <laughs> I'm not going to buy into them. <laughs> yeah, but you're unusual, because how many pe- people have a bunch of lanyards from a bunch of different press events going on? My age around here have a bunch of lanyards, not necessarily from press events, but from either sporting events that they've been to or whatever. Mm. People have lanyards that are my age. All right. So what um, I'm waiting for, have you ever seen the, you've seen the people who poke their lanyard out the side of their pocket? No. No? Oh, you don't, you don't have that? Do you not hang out around young people? No, I'm not allowed to anymore. Yeah. I got to keep a certain distance away. You got to be 50 feet away. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Cool. Then, yeah. Mm -hmm. Well... All the youngins, if you will, mm-hmm. when you have the lanyard on your keys, you put the keys in your pocket, but you let the lanyard part run out down your leg so everybody can see your awesome lanyard. Oh, see. So you'll have kids walk around like, I have, I have a Sparco lanyard. Sometimes I have an L.A. Auto Show lanyard. My fiance has a King Taco lanyard. So like, everybody can see your lanyard. And it's usually car guys will have the lanyard of the car they have so you'll know what they drive. And it's, oh, you're an enthusiast as well. I see you have a lanyard that says E30 on it. What type of E30 do you own? And they tell you they have a 323, like, E36 that doesn't run. Like, oh, okay, cool. Sweet, man. Mm-hmm. I think I've gone cross-eyed about in chassis codes. 
Um, so <laughs> I refuse to learn BMW chassis codes. I refuse. The BMW ones are the easy ones. You just yep. need to know the main three, and then the rest of them you just don't care. I, I don't care about any of them. Um, <laughs> I refuse. Give me a date and a, like, you know, give me a decade and a year, and I'll figure it out. Um, he, so, has a, he has a mid to late 80s chassis code on his lanyard. I ask him which engine he has. And he actually says, oh, I actually have the mid-90s one that doesn't run. Mm -hmm. See, now I understand. Now you're speaking my lingo. I, I mean, when we eventually get, like, a production crew or something, we're just going to right. we are going to just follow me through a BMW car meet or, like, some sort of, like, BMW historic thing and just, like, watch me go cross-eyed at everyone talking about chassis <laughs> codes. Oh yeah, hey I got my uh, BMW. It's an E33, and it's got the proper Euro lightweight spec. Uh huh. Like, oh, oh my God, I've gone cross-eyed. Um, so, but yeah, so landers are good. Now, are we? I'm kind of on the fence about those. I. What about socks? Can we do socks? Untitled car show socks? I don't think socks are going to take off. Uh, you don't think socks will take off? No. Hmm. Well, we did the shirts, and the shirts did okay, but they didn't do as well as I would have liked. Um, right. So, obviously, we were not shirt people. Trying to, what? What hats. hats? See, I'm not a hat person, so I don't know what a good hat would be. That's kind of why I stayed away from that. Yeah, that's the thing. I wear the fitted, like you have to have the right size baseball hat. Yeah. I don't keep the brims flat. I do bend the brim down a little bit, so I don't look like a douche. Mm -hmm. um, I like those. Other people don't. And some people like snapbacks, and some people like, you know, with the Velcro strap in the back. I just I look tacky. So mm -hmm. the hat, you're kind of hit or miss, like a beanie, maybe. Mm -hmm. A beret? Can we do a beret? Cold car meet. You have a little untitled car show beanie. Yeah. Black, very simple. That, that's not a bad idea. Beanie, that's a good one. Because um, I, I got a cob beanie. And I do love that. That's a good for a little car meet thing. That's actually beanie, good one. Yeah. Um, do people still wear stuff around their wrist? I don't know. Is that a thing still? No. No, no, that's old. That's I, I didn't. Yeah. yeah. Um, I don't think cell phone case makes any sense. That doesn't make any you'd sense. Only have, you'd have to do it only in two or three phones. And predictably, everybody's going to be like, well, I have a droid. Are you covering the Samsung Galaxy S634 mm -hmm. note? Yeah. Do you have a case for that? Mm -hmm. I'm like, no, shut up. Yeah. Are you just iPhone? Why do you all have iPhones? What do you have against the I'm like, there's 900 of them. I'm not going to make a case for every single day. Yeah. You can't do cases. No. Um, is there anything, like, because I, I, I assume most people listening are listening while they're driving in their vehicle. That's kind of like... Where I think our bread and butter is, or cheese and cracker, um, right. is in while they're driving in a vehicle. So I don't know if there's like, obviously air fresheners. Not going to do an entitled car show air freshener. It smells like someone right. spilled tacos in the car. That's the entitled car there show air freshener. Um, yeah. So I don't well, think. No, I don't think there's anything really good. I mean, what is like? There's nothing really vehicle specific we could do. I don't think. I mean, we have the stickers. But that's kind of like I just hand those out for free because right. Johnny was Where's nice enough. To, I gotta mail it to you. That, when when we hang up, uh, send me your address again, and I'll send them out to you. Um, and that goes for everyone. Just There's send a me. Great spot for it on the MR2. There's a great spot for it on my car as well. Excellent. I gotta send Next those out. Thunder Hill track stickers. Yeah. Yeah, I gotta send those out. You, you know what's been holding me back is I got a whole bunch of envelopes sealed with all the stuff inside and I left them inside the Fiesta and I'm currently reviewing the CX-9 and I just keep forgetting to like take them out of the Fiesta and put them in the mailbox. Um, right. Because I have ADD and I get easily distracted. Um, gotcha. Yeah. What, let me think what else. So, I mean, Mr. Regular did like the weird hat. Beanies is a good idea. The lanyard thing, like, eh, like, are we talking like the big thick lanyard or are we talking about like the kind of cool short stubby one I've seen people all the hip new kids with. Like, uh, I think you should do both. Mm. Because I would imagine that the tooling cost isn't going to be anywhere near different because it's going to be the same material. They just yeah. cut it short. 
Mm. But I think you could probably get away with doing both. Mm. Like, obviously no wall art because we don't have any walls. We don't have anything artistically enough to do that, I don't think. No, we need to hire some art person to yeah. do, like, a vector drawing of your, of my MR. That, that shirt right there, slash <laughs> wall art, slash what a sticker. Vector drawing of my MR2 and your Volvo. Mm-hmm. One right. above the other kind of sideways front three-quarter view. Yeah. And then the unfiled car show written below it. There we go. It's not a bad idea. So you that's the idea right there. See, this is why I keep Ryan around. He's got to, about once an episode, he comes up with a good episode. We got two out of him this week, though, so that, that's good. Um, so, yeah, no, it's all these marketing classes are really starting to pay off. Ah, see, I see. So this is why I picked your brain on that. Um, <laughs> uh, obviously, you want to stay away from the birth control stuff. I mean, the program alone is birth control. Um, right. Untitled Car Show Condoms. That does have a nice Sunglasses. With the big old logo on them, so you can't see while no, you're you driving. Can do, like, if you go to like baseball games, they'll do handouts, and it's just like default glasses, and mm-hmm. then there's like a little logo on the arm that like <laughs> connects it to your face. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah. And just have it say "Untitled Car Show" down the side, just mm. real subtle, black one. Yeah. That, no, I don't think that's going to be a thing. I no. don't know. I'll, uh, I'll send you a sample. You'll you'll get it. Oh, okay. Um. I, I know people who wear those cheap ass giveaway sunglasses because they work out to be like a dollar ten a piece for cost. Yeah. I mean, I mean, they work out to be seven ninety five <laughs> in cost, and we have to, and we have to, you know, factor in shipping. So yeah, it's ten dollars. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's how that works. Anyway, yeah. I know people who like will get those as giveaways. Like I have a pair that's from the Giants game that I went to a while back, and I've wore those for a long time. They're mm-hmm. bright orange and ugly, but like, I need sunglasses. These yeah. are here. I don't mind breaking them. Yeah. I, I mean, I'm trying to think, like, the lanyard could... See, the lanyard's good because if people do wear them, it kind of helps advertise the show, too. I'm not sure if that right. reads from far away, though. You know? Well, no, but it, it's a talking point among young enthusiasts, at least. They'll, somebody will ask you about Look at your lanyard. Okay, that's not a bad idea. What, I do that with younger people. If you're wearing a lanyard, I'm going to scope out your lanyard. And if your lanyard says <laughs> New England Patriots, I'm just not going to talk to you. That's a good point. Like, so, but like you use that to kind of gauge the person. It's like, oh, what's this podcast? Oh, you listen to podcasts. Wow, how how trendy are you? You must have lots of free time. <laughs> what do you do? How do you enrich your life? Like, well, actually, I listen to these two idiots talk to each other on Skype while one of them abuses everyone verbally. Mm-hmm. Really good. Yep. Oh, really? Yeah, okay. <laughs> I get that. Maybe we'll look into the lanyards. <laughs> listeners, listeners, tell me what you think about the lanyard. We'll see what goes on with that. Um, trying to think what else. Is there any other key-related thing that we could do? I'm trying to think. Not especially. Mm. Uh, untitled car show in case you fall in a river window breakers uh, mm. yeah those are always super cheap though like I, I don't think I would trust one of those with my life <laughs> like, the one was like it's like a seatbelt color and you can like hit it up against the window and like yeah because <laughs> here we'll, we'll end a merch talk here because I think this is a good place to go like so any thing that is like a four in one, eight in one like device has always been crap, right, in your life. Like you've never had something yes. that can do everything. Like even the best made Leatherman is still a pale comparison to whatever individual to tool you're trying to use. So when it comes right. to here's a combination glass breaker and seatbelt cutter and it's got like a flashlight on it. And it has, like, an emergency signal on it and, like, all that, like, four-in-one bullshit it has. It's like, I am not going to trust my life to a all-in-one tool. Like, that just does not seem like a good way to go. It, it, it might be the exception to the rule, but that's not what I'm going to find out about that, you know? <laughs> I think the seatbelt cutter and window smasher, I think that's a good combination. Yeah. As soon as you add flashlight, I think mm-hmm. you add an inherent uselessness to the device. Either the flashlight is garbage or the whole thing isn't very sturdy. 
Mm -hmm. You've got to keep it to like two things. Otherwise, it starts to get too broad and it's crap. Mm -hmm. Like I have a, and it's crap, it's a window breaker and seatbelt cutter, but it's also like a flip-out knife. And because it's got that flip-out knife bit to it, it's, first of all, like, I've tried putting in, like, a little cubby on the driver's side for my wife just in case. Yeah. And, but the knife likes to just wander open after vibrating. It's like, yeah, no, that's not good. That's beautiful. That's way safe. Like, I need to get out of here. And then you go to grab the knife. It's open, so you cut yourself. And because of the way it's designed, the part that cuts the seatbelt is now open and no longer effective. So now you're just screwed again, and you're bleeding from the hand. So, yay. So, I don't know. Like, I I just think all cars right. should just have, like, an escape hatch. Like, just, like, hit a button and, like, just eject. Like, you know, why that's not? that's required on racing cars now. You have to have a roof hatch. Oh. On GT cars. I did not know that. Yeah. On GT cars, you got to have a roof hatch in case it's on its side and you can't get out. Hmm. Just, they've done really cool things with the livery to where you can't see it. But if you're up close, you can just see the outline of where the panel is to open that's cool. Yeah. yeah. Hmm. Fascinating. Looks almost like a half key top. A U top. Oh, yeah. Actually, I've seen that because there was a... Um, oh, what event was that recently where I actually saw a GT car up close and I was like, oh, that's what that is. Like, I didn't know what it was, but I'm like, interesting little hatch. So that's what that is. That's yep. interesting. Hmm. All right. Oh, yeah. Well, so how's this uh, CX-9? How's that going? Um, it's going well, and see, this is this is why Ryan's the best. And if you're interested in hearing more, I will have a full podcast review for you this upcoming Friday. So um, look forward to that. Um, the short bit of it right now is uh, uh, I I kind of understand why people like large SUVs. So there's that. Like it's. Ryan, I don't know what's wrong you with me. find that you want more power would be my question. You know what? In the all-wheel drive, I don't. I don't find it lacking. I find it to be adequate. It's a – I'm pretty sure – now, this is to say because someone asked me this today. They're like, is that a f- inline four or a V6? I'm like, I'm 99% sure it's an inline four with a turbo, but I'm not 100%. It is. Yeah, okay. I think it's a two-and-a-half liter Yeah. with a turbo. Yeah. Yeah. So because it's the Sky Active, and Sky Active means turbo. Um, no, Sky Active means professional turbo. Well, see, Mazda, you're confusing me. Professional car reviewer Ike. Eh, Sky Active means some bullshit, but I, I think it's 302 horsepower. Somewhere there's a PR rep right now. Oh, Sky Active doesn't mean bullshit. Oh my god, we gave a $40,000 SUV. You hit it right on the nose. That's exactly how much this car was. It was like forty thousand two hundred eighty-three bucks. Like that was yeah, ex- good, man. Yeah, it's impressive. See, this is why yeah. Ryan's the well, best. I mean, those all are though. Like Toyota Highlanders are forty, forty-five grand. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, the Pilot gets up there. I think you can spend up to fifty grand on a Honda Pilot if you really try. Mm-hmm. I want one of those. Side note: I want to t- try because I'm doing a whole series of these big SUVs. I'm I just emailed Infinity, and they said they're rotating the fleet, so it'll get back to me, which I think is code for go fuck yourself, but I'm not 100%. So, um, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, mm-hmm. oh, yeah. I want one of those big SUV, like the big, ugly SUV Infinity mix. I want to understand who owns and drives that. Like, was it the Q7, I think is what it is, or Q8? Q70, or QX70, something? Yeah. Yeah, SQ70, something like that. I, I want to drive yeah. that. I want to understand why. Well, you've also got the Nissan. I think Nissan makes one that's called the Armada. Yeah, yeah, Same yeah. Thing. You, might, yeah. you may have a better shot at that. Yeah. Uh, ironically, Nissan didn't email me back. Infinity did. I don't know why. Mm. Yeah. Or, Interesting. Yeah, Nissan's just taking its time. Or I'm on a do not answer list over at Nissan USA. So, like, no, just stop. We're not going to deal with this guy. So, Ryan, I'll let you return to civilization because I know you're kind of out and about at the moment. So I appreciate you joining me. Nah, not great. I'm sitting in the seat of my very comfortable car, Mm -hmm. taking in the 85-degree night breeze. (laughs) That's code for shut up, Ike. Let's do this. Um, So (laughs) because you are routinely on here, we'll close it out together. So um, 
You Ryan, can... where can people find you? You can find me at R-Y-A-N-A-T-O-R-122 on Twitter, at Ryanator122 on Twitter. You can add me on Facebook, Ryan West. Uh, I live in Redding, California. There you go. So mm-hmm. find Ryan West in Redding, California. That's me. Mm-hmm. Uh, and also you can find more of my more open missives are going to be on the IMSA fans, I-M-S-A space F-A-N-S, IMSA fans uh, Facebook page, which is full of people just like me in the sense that they don't really care what they say because it's a closed group, and uh, they talk lots of crap. And Actually, there's a bunch of professional race car drivers that contribute occasionally as well, like Ricky Taylor and uh, Ryan, or Ryan Eversley are on there as well. So you can get some interaction in with some professional race car drivers, me, uh, Bradley Brownell, who does the TFL show. Mm-hmm. He's on there. A lot, a lot of good people. So definitely, definitely a good thing. Mm-hmm. And you also run our Instagram account occasionally. Um... I do. And by <laughs> occasionally, I mean I haven't even broken into that yet. <laughs> and which is at Untitled Car Show. The at Untitled Car Show. Yeah. Yeah. My thoughts and opinions are pretty much at Untitled Car Show on Twitter. Um, we have a Facebook too, and an, a uh, I forget it's up page. Yeah, go check out Opposite Lock and Right Foot Down. There's a lot more of my random thoughts on those places. So, um, everyone, have a good night, have a good evening, wherever you are, whatever time it is there. Thanks so much for listening. Please be safe out there, right? And have your pets spayed or neutered. Mm-hmm. Yes, just don't do it yourself. Right? It's not no, a good no. way to save money. All right. Not a good scene. No, cleanup is just not worth it. All right. Bye.